LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. My name is Daniel Lim, and I'm here with Todd Adkins. What? And our regular, our regular co-host <laughs> now, Scott McConnell. Hey, hey, hey. All right. So Scott McConnell, if you haven't... <laughs> is there is that there some back. sort of... It sounds like a cartoon character. It's Val Albert. Oh. Bill Cosby kind of messed oh, up yeah, that yeah. train. Yeah, unfortunately. So Scott McConnell has been on uh, past few episodes on episode 278. He came on to talk about our VBS, some VBS research, uh, other research on the previous episodes. Today he is on to talk about Bible research that Lifeway Research had done. And, and every month or a couple months, he'll be back on talking about different research that affects the church and can help you in your leadership. Can I just say a moment? A moment of silence? No. <laughs> I, I have to say for a moment that um, when we talk about research, we're talking about, like, real research. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it because there was something recent where um, I was talking about Ed's new book, and Ed did, you know, part of that in connection with you guys. And so I said... Hey, because, you know, people were coming at him and I'm like, no, this is based on real legit research. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, so what's real legit research? Did they like speak to all demographics and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's that's not a Twitter poll. Validated research is guys. It's real research. So when we're trotting this out, this isn't because scott did a twitter poll or something like that there are people that actually do this for a living scott is one of those and we just are a big enough organization that uh, we can afford to have him around and we're very 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 grateful if you would like to tap into that research however lifeway research is available for hire there are many things that you all do that you can't talk about i know like, yeah, there's ministries that that we yeah. do research for that help them with strategic decisions right. uh, and and Lists that's just to that help you them. come up with yeah that everybody looks at every year, like all kinds of different things that you, they may or may not be involved in. Well, I mean, the know. outreach, the fastest growing church is, is a life research. That? Yeah. That's yeah. I was, it is yeah. a life research. Okay. We do that Let's just now. go say it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I, so I guess what I was trying to say is, um, um, man, this is what they do. This is what they do 24 seven. So mm. when we're bringing you this research, it's going to be, uh, <laughs> Very insightful because there's always data within the data. You usually see the high points, um, but he sees all the points in between. So it's fun to be able to ask him questions and watch him shuffle around papers and try to answer them. <laughs> it's fun to ask people questions. Uh, so in this case, Americans. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So Scott McConnell right. is the executive director of Lifer Research. And before we get into the questions, we want to encourage you to go to leadership.lifeway.com slash podcasts to learn about all the podcasts that are a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Just take five minutes and subscribe to all of them and leave five-star ratings for all of them. <laughs> and Todd will buy you lunch. And I'll buy you the lunch the next time you're in Nashville, if you let me know several weeks in advance. There you go. There you go. All right, Scott. So here's the first question. What do Americans... Okay, no, sorry. Before I finish this question, I am Canadian. Yes. And the reason a lot of the conversation is going to be American-centric is because the research was done in America. True. So I want to know... 
what the same answer, yeah, what the same answers are for Canada and other countries. And I'm sure our international audience would like to know as well. But here's research done in America, which is why the question, the first question is, what do Americans think about the Bible? They have a lot of different thoughts. Kind of, they go a lot of different directions. But number one, uh, that the, the largest group of people think about the Bible is they think of it as a good source of morals. Mm. So majority of Americans see it that way. Um, and and some of our other research, we've kind of seen things split down the middle on whether they think it's true or not. Um, in in this case, uh, on a list with a bunch of other things, where. Uh, you know, they could pick as many as they want on that list, but some people get a little tired. Uh, we see about a, a little more than a third, 36% saying the Bible is true. Mm. Um, a, f- a few more people think that it's historical. It's a good historical account. I mean, it's right right up there with, with, with Josephus and some of these other ancient texts that uh, are describing actual things that, that occurred. Um, and... and a similar number of folks think it's I'm helpful. I'm just thinking of how many people know who Josephus is. <laughs> or if they think, uh, isn't that like a place where I go get milkshakes? <laughs> I've heard Maybe of it now. before. That actually be an interesting kind of a oh, hipster. Everyone has Twitter mustaches. Ball. and Oh, yeah. <laughs> Josephus. I love Josephus. Well, it's like right. some of those ancient texts are like, like, are fiction, you know? I mean, some mm. of the oldest texts we think of oh, yeah. are fiction. Yeah. And that was the only one I could think of that yeah, was actually yeah, yeah. historical. So was, <laughs> Gilgamesh? <laughs> I like Gilgamesh. <laughs> some of the sentiments that Americans have about the Bible that only a few have, uh, less than 15%, are some of the negatives. Things like it's outdated, it's bigoted, it's harmful. Um, uh, bigoted and harmful is less than 10%. Hmm. So not very many people view the Bible in those really negative terms, even though we could quote them verses that would make them think that. Mm. Um, you know, it doesn't fit their worldview, doesn't fit the way they, they're looking at life today um, and their life choices. Um, 11% of Americans admit they, they're really not sure what they even think about the Bible. Mm. Um, not, none of the characteristics seem to fit. They, they don't know enough. To, to answer. Yeah, okay. um, so people think a lot of different directions, some very positive, uh, some not so much. Yeah. Is this research that you've done in the past as well? This is the first time we ask these, these particular questions. Okay. Okay. So when it comes to Americans' opinions on the Bible then, um, I mean, would you say it was, it's primarily positive then, if, especially if what you said, 8% see it as bigoted? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, as a Christian, I would have loved for every other churchgoer, at least, to to have mentioned all the positive things. Okay, yeah. and, and you could tell some people only checked a couple of them. Um, you know, uh, on this list of uh, 10 things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the typical person is answering about four of them. And so, you know, definitely very positive in that mm-hmm. regard. Um, but again, it could be a little more accurate in yeah. their view. Yeah, yeah, No, that's good. That's good. You know, uh, I just can't help but get over some of the stats as I'm kind of rolling through that, you know, 20% of the people say that they've read all the Bible at least once. Like, I find that to be a really interesting stat. In, in terms of, you think it's high? I do you think, think it's, it's low? high. Okay. I do think it's high. Even for churchgoers, mm. um, I don't know that everybody would. I, like, I expect that to be almost generational. Is that true? Oh, let me get that in front of me. We'll come back okay. to that. We can come back we'll to come that. Back to that. Sorry, that was when I left field. <laughs> you wouldn't expect anything less from me, would you? That, exactly, exactly. 
Um, I mean, when you think about, you know, the, 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 you know, the majority of Americans, um, actually right about 50% of Americans are Protestant. Uh, the majority of Americans would, would affiliate with some kind of Christian denomination. Right. Um, you know, 20% sounds low when that's the book of your religion. Um, yeah. and, and so, and most Americans are kind of like, you know, if there is the book on a subject and I'm supposed to be into that subject, I'm going to read that book. Yeah. Now, granted, it's a big book it, mm. and some of the sections are slow reading. Mm. Um, but uh, it, it, it is interesting that, you know, cover to cover, that that's that only one out of five Americans have said, yeah, I've I've made that journey. Hmm. I do think it's interesting too. So I'm looking at um, I don't read the Bible on my own. Is 35 percent? That's crazy. Well, when you can have somebody else read it for you, I mean, yeah, I guess. So. I mean, there's a lot of Americans that don't read books. Uh, you know, since we work <laughs> at a publisher, we don't like to talk about that. But it's this hidden little Who secret that you know. When you get out of school, you stop reading. And Do we know what percentage that is? I don't have it handy. Yeah, I, okay. I'm, I, we, we can Google that, but it's probably my guess. Yeah. If we were all, why don't we all throw a guess out there? Yeah. My guess would be four out of ten. About four out of ten don't read. Don't read regularly. Oh. Books, books. Yeah, books. Oh, okay. I mean, shorter so, length, like an article or something. I, I yeah, think more okay. people do, but. Yeah, I wonder if it's higher than that. I think it's maybe like five. Than that. Maybe I'll, I'll go five out of ten. All right, I'm going to look it up while you guys are continuing. Okay, so so while we wait for the drum roll, what the results is going to be to that question, our second question, Scott, is about, um, I guess, ab about one specific portion of that, about how many people read the Bible. And, and one, one of the things you said was more than half of all Americans have read little to none of the Bible, right? So Todd was talking about 20% having said that they've read the Bible at least once but more than half have said that they have read little or none. What, talk to us about that. So, so that includes literally none, which is about 10% of Americans. Another 13% have just read a few sentences. Mm. You know, we call them verses yeah. when we quote it. But, yeah. you know, in their language, it's a few sentences. Yeah, um, that's funny. And, and that's then right. 30% say a few passages. Okay. So they've heard a few stories or they've read a few stories themselves. And... You know, I, I think for a lot of people, even if they attended church for a couple of years as a kid or or a, as as a teenager, you know, they would have heard some stories. They, they they would have heard that read to them. They would have sat down and possibly read it afterwards. What what is he talking about? This David and Goliath thing? What, what what was that about? And they go read it. Mm. Um, or um, you know, they Google something and they go, oh, that's in the Bible. Well, let me read what that story was about because I don't understand the cultural reference okay. somebody's okay. making. And yeah, um, you know. You know, one of the cutest things kids love are Noah and the Ark, uh, you know, characters and pictures. And, well, what's that about? Let me read that. And, yeah, and so, you okay. know, so Americans have, have, have taken the time to do that. Some churchgoers, mm. maybe that's all they've ever done is yeah. is, is read a little further on, on a couple of things they've heard taught at church. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's just a lot of people that are missing out on uh, on the bigger story of what the Bible is all about. Yeah. Did Was there a gender breakdown in, in this research here or, or an age breakdown of how how different ages answered this and genders answered this? Yes. That's all in the back of the report as I I'm turning there now. now have, gentlemen. Okay, what Pew is research. it? While Scott is looking that up. Pew Research, okay, Scott? Yes, they, like they, do, they do the good kind of research. So who hasn't read a book in the last 12 months? According to this, 24% 
of people haven't read a book in the last 12 months. This is from 2018, so it is mm. current. Well, Men, 25% haven't read a book. Women, 22% haven't so well. read a book. <laughs> now, when you get into ages, it's really interesting because it says 28% of people haven't read a book that are over 50 and 18 to 49. It's 20%. So I would expect that to flip flop. I would expect old people to read more books. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, think I guess so. you does know, it talk about the gender breakdown there? Uh, it does not go into that. Okay. Hmm. I'm sure if I double click somewhere, it would. Yeah. Well, Scott, how about on your side then? So on the Bible side of things, uh, we do see more females by just a few percent. Uh, have read at least half of the Bible, and that that was one of the options on the on the more than half. Overall, it's 15%. For for women, it's 18%. For men, it's 13%. Okay. That, so out of all the options they could have given on how much they've read, uh, that was the only one that that actually had a significant difference uh, was the at least half. And and so... Oh, so at least... Over. So 18% of women have at least read half right. versus 13%. Yeah. And on all the other answers, they were probably pretty it's similar. Pretty close, Yeah. Hmm. Now, on the on the age differences, a little more decided on the none of it. I've read none of it. 18 to 24-year-olds, a quarter of them, that's their answer. I've read oh, none of the Bible, not even a few what? sentences. That's and uh, probably not surprising when we jump to the all of it, it, it does tend to, to be, and again, these are still pretty low percentages, um, 15, 13% when, when we're talking about people in their 30s and 40s uh, and 50s. That so, read all of it? Yeah. Wow. Um, whereas 18 to 24-year-olds, it's 4%. So, very, you know, young people, they have not taken the initiative to say, I'm actually going to read this book. Yeah. Even if they're in yeah. church every week. I mean, 4% doesn't even cover the 18 to 24-year-olds who are in church every week. Man. So, I, oh, this is, this is hurting my soul. This is, this is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, especially in light of... So Life or Research, if you've read Transformational Discipleship or if you've read No Silver Bullets, the discipleship Ding. research in both of those uh, all come from Life or Research and the discipleship research they did. And, and if you look at either of those books and go into the importance of reading the Bible, I mean, that is like one of the most important things in terms of shaping your faith and growing an overall maturity, just reading the Bible. Right? Not even studying or memorizing, which is helpful, but just reading. The more frequently someone reads the Bible, the more likely they are to grow in all aspects of maturity. So if, if, if that's the case, and I mean, under 25-year-olds, like that many are just not reading the Bible at all. I mean, what's the future going to look like? Not a very close relationship <laughs> with the Lord. I mean, that, yeah. that, that that's right. how we get to know him. Wow. That's how we, that, that, that's how we understand who he is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we could talk about it from the church, you know, from a, from a discipline standpoint. Mm. Um, but, the you know, the reason that discipline has value is exactly what you're talking about. You, you know, we, we become more like Christ when, when we take the time to, mm. to be reading the Word. Okay, so even outside of that then, because we know Christians ought to, as they draw closer to the Lord, that they need to be influencing society and, and the workforce and, and all, all pillars of our culture in that way. But if less and less are reading the Bible, I mean, how many more, like how, what is our society even going to look like broadly 
in terms of, hey, I'm going to do this because I feel this is a good idea or, right. you know, what morality, what, what line of morality are people going to be making decisions on? Wow. Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to hear from God when your Bible is closed. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So there you go. Tweet that. the living, breathing word of God. Yeah. Just saying. Um, okay. What is actually surprising about the research? So, I, I guess to me, I expected there to be a, a good number of Americans that had not read the Bible or read very right. very little of it. So, one of the follow-up questions we asked of those who had read at least a few sentences, so they at least had a shot to see what the book's about kind of thing, we asked them how they read it. And that was the thing that probably shocked me the most. Because oh, when I think okay. of reading the Bible, I mean, like, I'm thinking reading it. Like, yeah. a book, you start maybe at the beginning or at a logical spot in, yeah. in there and keep reading. Yeah. Um, it turns out that only 22% of people who've read any of it read systematically, kind okay. of like in order okay, or something like that. You know, like I'm going to read some more tomorrow or in a few days. These are people who read the whole Bible or just read it in no, general? Just read it in they general. had read at least a few sentences. Okay. Did you, just 22% read systematically okay. a little each day. Um, yeah, more people, uh, I mean, 35% of them just admitted, I don't read the Bible on my own. Those, okay. are, those are probably those few, you know, few sentence Stone folks, head. you know, the ones that hadn't done much. But the next group was they look up things when they have a need. So they really see it as a reference book. Mm. And so, you know, granted, it's an intimidating book for a lot of people. It's big. Right. It's mm -hmm. kind of like an encyclopedia, a dictionary to some people. It's that. It's like, wow, you, people actually read this like a book. Mm. And and so that you know, when they when they look at it that way, it's like a reference book. Let me look it up. Hey, it even comes with this this like keyword right. stuff yeah, in the back. And, and and I mean, it, that was the way I used it when I was young in my faith. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing that too that's interesting before um, those that are listening to this are, I'm sure, mostly church leaders, and you, I'm sure, read your Bible on a regular basis. Before we judge others, I would say the interesting thing that we found when we were doing research connected to Ministry Grid is that the higher you go in leadership, the more often you're looking for just-in-time training. Mm. <laughs> um, that you, you know, you may have a full scope of things that you're learning right now, but you're choosing what you're learning based on need. And so I don't think it's that far off to think about, oh, I'm looking up things when I need it. Mm. Um Versus, especially with, if you think where we've gone in society, where I can Google or YouTube, whatever I'm looking for and find it. It's true. It's true. And well, sometimes the thing they're looking up is something to help somebody else. Okay. Um, so that, that's a good thing that, you know, there people are, are, are knowing there's some answers there and, mm. and they're looking up something there, but, but too often it, it's, they're rereading something that they, you know, a classic passage or something, mm. um, rather than seeing really what, what the book, what God's message is really about. Yeah. I do think it's really interesting when you look at this, though. I mean, I'm looking at the research right now, and if you take out, I don't read the Bible on my own, but you take out the people that have at least approached the Bible, the second most popular reason is looking up verses or sections suggested by others. So this is a unique opportunity that we have if we say, hey, I really believe that the Bible is God's Word then you might want to offer some suggestions to your friends, family, or people that you're connected with because as you do, it says at least, you know, almost a third of them will take you up on it. 
Yeah, I mean, that that reminds me of, of the first slide from the research. And by the way, if you want to see the research that we're looking at right now, you can actually do that. It's really easy. All you got to do is text research, the word research, to 888 right? Super simple. Text research to 888 and we will send you a link to download this research and, and basically all the other research that we've talked about and will talk about on upcoming episodes. Right, right. So eight 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 one one one. Yeah, I think I think some people get confused, Daniel. Triple eight triple one. Yeah, eight 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 one one one. Right. <laughs> this is how we weed people out. Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> how else would you interpret triple eight triple one? I might write triple eight texting triple one because you can text letters. Phone numbers have letters in them. Yeah, uh, like a text does. Texts <laughs> usually do have letters in them, don't yeah, they? Yeah, you text the word research to the number. Oh, okay. What if I say it like that? Text the word research to the number. Yes, to the number. 888 Or triple eight triple one. Okay, there you go. I think okay. it's better that way. Back to the research. Wordsville World, okay. Daniel. Wordsville World. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so the, the slide that I'm looking at here is the first one, which says 35% say that they do not treat a quote from the Bible differently on social media. Right, so going to what what Todd is Todd pointed out there about the research that hey, how many actually read it just because it's been suggested to them? Uh, would I mean I'm I'm curious to know why you even asked this question. I mean it's just kind of it, it feels like a, a out of you know left field question to me. Well, when we started thinking about well in today's age, what are some things we can do about the fact that people are not reading the Bible? What how can we suggest it? You know. Um, Obviously, social media is one of the things that comes to mind. And, mm. and even when we ask pastors, you know, how they encourage people to read the Bible, um, you know, that shows up on the list for about half of them. Mm. Um, and, and and so, you know, knowing how people take that, um, you know, I, I think it's helpful to us when we do it mm. uh, to, to understand a little bit about what, what they're seeing when they see it. Yeah, because if 35% say they don't treat a quote from the Bible differently on social media— you actually saw 18% pay closer attention to it. Uh, and then, so so I, I get that. And then 14% said they actually pay less attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, it, it's a two-edged sword. Yeah. And and honestly, in, in American life today, you know, while, while people have pretty positive things to say about the Bible, when we really talk about its, um, its authority in our lives, we get a 50-50 split almost right down uh, the line with yeah. Americans. Okay. Okay. So Bible reading is important. We've talked about that. We will continue to talk about it. And it was fascinating to see an overview of Americans' views on Bible reading. But what do you all think uh, churches can do to encourage Bible reading? And Pay people. <laughs> no, I actually, uh, I, you know, people that listen to the podcast for a long time know that I've mentioned crypto once or twice. In the past, and I actually saw the biggest scam ever not too long ago. Um, it was somebody that was like, "Oh, there's this uh, this way that you can get paid to read the Bible. Get paid to read the Bible." Are you serious? And it was a currency. Someone yeah. actually used that. Yes. Wow. Wow. It was like, oh no. I'm like, guys, this does not make sense whatsoever. And I had, I think, because I had mentioned it, that, uh, like crypto before on air, I had people starting to ping me on Twitter. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? And I'm like, it's a scam. I'm really sorry I ever mentioned this. Yeah. Well, By the way, don't flush your money down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so what can churches do to encourage Bible reading? 
What do you guys think? You know, honestly, the the campaigns churches will sometimes do of this year, we're going to try to read through the Bible yeah. uh, in a year. I mean, to me, I'm a slow reader, so that's a little bit of an aggressive pace. I don't think I've ever pulled that off in a year, 12-month time. But, you know, so just some of that 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 ongoing discussions that occur within a church when they do that um, can be super helpful mm. um, as, as, as people are are seeing the impact um, on on their lives and other people's lives. Oh, th- this actually has an impact on you. Maybe I'll try it. Yeah. There's a companion research project you had done, Scott, on pastor's views on Bible reading, right? And there's a slide in that research, which we'll include in the link, that, that surveyed pastors in what ways, if any, do you encourage your congregation to read the Bible on their own? And 86% provide reminders and sermons. So I love, that's, that's what I typically do. Uh, when I, I, you know, even yesterday when I was talking, when I was preaching and preaching through a particular tech, you know, the Luke version of the Beatitudes, I was referencing different moments and how I would read the Bible with my kids or even personally. So I, I always find that that's kind of a, a side way, you know, a, a subtle way to nudge that. So providing reminders and sermons, providing free Bibles to those needing one. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, those were the two No excuses. Highest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No excuses. I mean, I mean, the app, there's, most people have phones. I mean, now, you know, the Bible's free online. Most yeah. translations you can access for free. The next one after that was have Bible readings during worship services in addition to sermon passages. That just reinforces, you know, the importance where it says, I'm not just quoting this because that's what sermons are. Yeah. But it says, no, the reading of scripture has value. Yeah. And so we're going to include some more readings. I mean, those with the more liturgical church service are going to do that. Well, that's, that, as, yeah, that's right. I'm kind of anyway. curious because I, when I saw that, I was thinking, oh, that's more a more liturgical thing. Do you think as we progress, we'll have to go, like, is that going to be a result of where things are going? If we're going to get people, will it, Will it suddenly flip the script and become, in order to be really seeker sensitive, you do liturgy yeah. in your service? I mean, there's a lot of churches, Protestant churches, that have gone that way. And, and if we think about it, for a couple thousand years, it wasn't possible for people to read the word on totally. their own. Huh. And, yeah. and the church thrived. And so it's, it's not a must in that sense. Ooh. But at the same time, we've shown yeah. the value of reading the Word of God. Yeah. We've, it, it's been proven in our research, in other people's research, it has value. You cannot grow in your walk with Christ without the Word of God. Yeah. So, it, but it, so that's where audio Bibles can come in. I've got a friend who was a trucker for 40 years, and he wore out the cassette tapes nice. listening to the Word of God as he rode. Yeah. Is that any worse than reading it? Not at all. Not at all. Just, just as powerful. What's super cool, too, is you've got, um, like, I've got a, a friend, a, a Voice of the Martyrs, and they have these little bitty, I, I mean, these little, um, like, fast forward. This has, like, three buttons on it. It has the whole Bible on it. Nice. And, you know, with technology, you can do it so quick and cheap. I mean, yes, for most of the world, we've got access on our phone. But there are parts of the world that you can't get it because it's against the law or it's, you know, being controlled. Uh, and so, you know, literally dropping these into places like North Korea uh, and other crazy different places. So what is this? It's like a little 
it's smaller than your phone, but it's like a um, it's like a reader. It like reads it out loud. Oh, well, audio. Okay. Audio. Yeah. Oh, really? It's crazy. That has the whole Bible on it. Yes. What about like batteries? A bunch of different languages. It just goes, man. I don't know. Like solar power. I think, I don't remember. That's crazy. I don't think so though. Yeah. I think it if, when seeing it, unless it was like a. Unless it was like a calculator, you know, like a solar calculator, yeah, yeah, yeah. then I don't think so. Yeah. Because the screen wasn't that big. Yeah, okay. Fascinating. But just dropping them in, parachuting them in. <laughs> well, okay, this, Scott, you, you brought up a, a very, very interesting point that for thousands of years, Christians didn't have the Bible. To and, read in their own language. Yeah, to read in their own language. Okay, so what what is also interesting about that, so pre-printing press, right, how much information were people getting anyway? Yeah. Right? To fill their minds. So maybe, yes, they couldn't read the Bible in their own language, but it's not like they were getting instant news on their phones or That's were true. reading newspapers along the way. Maybe there were a couple of books here and there. So I think on, on the one point that, you know, that's an interesting contextual difference compared to now where we are inundated with, I mean, years ago, this is over 10 years old now. The research says that every day we see over 5,000 marketing messages. I mean, imagine how many more that is today. Wow. Yeah. Right. So in light of all that, if we are filling our minds passively, oftentimes with messages here, there, then I mean, how much more important it is for us to set our minds on the word and to meditate and to read on the word so that we're not just, so that we're filling our minds with what is good, what is beautiful, what is true. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it, and if we're able to read that is that is yes. such a gift, yeah. And 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 the word of God is in our language. We we should be uh, taking advantage of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of that that slide, obviously there are other points on providing a printed Bible reading plan, providing a digital Bible reading plan. But this was I liked this point. Uh, some church fifty two percent of churches surveyed provide reminders on social media such as Facebook and Twitter. I think that's something super easy that anyone can do, uh, especially if you have groups or, you know, just tweeting out Bible verses, uh, sharing quotes. Even if you have your Bible app, there's a really, they do the images for you, (laughs) right? Just tweet or share that out on Facebook or on Instagram. And in that way, as people are looking through it in their feed, it might actually trigger something in their lives, in your heart. And I would encourage you actually, and this is a personal conviction for me, if you're going to do that, if you're going to tweet out or share or Instagram Bible verses, don't just do it to get likes and clicks. Now, it's fine to get likes and clicks, but while you're doing it, memorize it. <laughs> while you're doing it, actually read, meditate on it, and pray through it. And make sure you do that before you send it out so that you're not, so that at least there can be some redemptive value personally, because I know it's going to be helpful for others, but personally, so you're not prostituting the Bible in that way. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. You just went there. <laughs> I did. Wow. I did. Yep. All right. I was going to say uh, one of my favorite quotes, um, My probably my favorite quote from Dave Ferguson, who's a friend of ours. Uh, Memorizing scripture is like redecorating your mind with stuff that is noble, right, excellent, and praiseworthy. Oh. I'm like, nice. Oh, nice. I wish I would have said that. That is good. That is good. So good. So good. <laughs> All right, last question. Okay. All right, ready? What does Bible reading look like for you guys, for all of us? I like the little each day approach, even though that's not the most popular approach. Mm. Um, And I'll alternate uh, 
Old Testament book than New Testament. Okay. Um, and sometimes I'll double up on the old since it takes, you got to read a few more of those to get through. Yeah. Um, and take as long as it takes for me to read through the word. Mm-hmm. And usually that's less than a chapter a day. Yeah. Um, just go until I, I feel like there's a good chunk there for me to, to think about for yeah. the day. Okay. Okay. I'm at, at least a chapter a day guy, but what I end up doing is I'll go back and forth between like going through a book mm. to um, for a long time. Well, not a long time. About a big chunk of last year, it was a psalm and a proverb every day. Mm. But then I get into a rut where I'm like, no, it doesn't matter if the psalm is a hundred and some verses <laughs> or eight verses. That's it. <laughs> Got to get it through. Uh, and so that's not that's not terribly healthy. Um, and then honestly, if it's like, man, I didn't get to do that this morning, then if I've got a break during the day, I'll just open up you version and look at what the verse of the day is and then read that chapter. So I hit the verse and then open up and then do read the chapter and I'll, okay. I'll read the yeah. verse and then I'll read the whole chapter <laughs> to contextualize. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, actually love the Old Testament. Mm. And so I have a tendency to go back and just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. For me, I'm I've worked through the Bible. I, I do a little bit each day as well. And and every year is a little bit different for me. Sometimes I do straight I'll try to read the whole Bible in a year or two years. And other times I'll use different Bibles uh, you know, they have different reading plans. Mm-hmm. So I've done ones where it was very like Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm and Proverb every day. Uh, and then other times it's Old Testament. You know, there's so many different ways to do it. I find that I can't do the same thing. I have to just kind of keep on switching it up. And I, and I like reading different translations as I read through the Bible. So recently I've been reading personally through the Christian Standard Bible uh, because it's just, it's a newer translation and and I just, I've just wanted to kind of personally read through it entirely. If I, if there are days where I can't get to that, I'll, uh, instead of looking at the verse of the day, I'll just pull out whatever day it is, I'll read that proverb. So if it's the 16th, I'll read Proverbs right. 16 and I'll pray through that. But most of the time what I try to do is after reading the Bible or while reading it, I'll journal my prayer while doing it. Otherwise, I'm so ADD that I'll just either forget what I read or I'll say, oh, I'll pray afterwards and I don't actually pray. So by kind of, it forces me to slow down yeah. and it forces me just to really engage rather than just try to check off, hey, I read the Bible today. So. And I'll try to write down something I read, yeah. whether it's one verse or, or just a thought that came to mind while I read it. Yeah. What happened to me when I first moved to digital, it was really bad because at that time I was um, using uh, software and stuff like that. So I, the problem was almost every scripture reference I would check and get, I would just chase rabbits. I'd mm. be like, oh, <laughs> I, I really want to know that. Oh, I want to know that. Oh, I want to know that. And it became less of a personal devotional type time and more of a, yeah, just a hunt, a treasure hunt, which was most of the time fun for me and distracting for me rather than focusing. So, and that, and that's the beauty of the book is there, there is that detail. You can go search and, and there's even the beauty of each spot you're in the Bible. But if I haven't been in a gospel for a while, or I haven't been in some of the teaching letters Mm. in a while, I I start to long for that part of the Bible because Mm. there's a whole message here and if you're not reading all the parts, 
as much as we might know the Bible, we forget key parts of who God is and what his message includes, especially with all the noise you mentioned, Daniel, that we're getting bombarded mm-hmm. with every day. We start believing some of those other things. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, thanks again for listening into today's episode. Once again, make sure you text the word research to the number 888-111-888-111. But, uh, and then you'll be able to download this research. But coming up, uh, as we talked about in the past, Scott has been on the podcast talking about VBS research. Come up, coming up, we're going to be releasing an episode with him that we did on the unchurched research on theology, a state of theology project that Life Your Research uh, ran point on. So make sure that you subscribe, that you share this episode with some of your friends uh, that, that might be interested in this research. But lastly, before we tune things off, uh, we do want to encourage you to look up the one thing on your favorite podcasting Wrong. app. Yeah. I like that Aussie. That's <laughs> about as Aussie as I get. <laughs> Good eye, Mike. Right? <laughs> oh, no. Don't do it. Yes, they, they do. Okay. They do say it, though. They do. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But the one thing podcast, the reason we're bringing Australia is because the co-hosts, Scott Sanders and Derek Hanna, are Australian. And on every episode, they explore one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry. So be sure to check out their episodes. They're very entertaining. They're quick, kind of they new church's quick. style quick. So just look up the one thing and look for our Lifeway Leadership Podcast logo at the top to recognize which one it is. And I'm going to say one more thing, and that is what's it been really interesting. Daniel and I did a, a five-city tour over in Australia this past summer um, where we were doing pipeline in different churches. So to date, I want to say it's like 3,300 church leaders that we've been with. And here's the interesting thing. Churches, no matter where we've been, are experiencing the same thing. It doesn't matter the continent, the size, or whatever. They're all facing the same challenges. So I would encourage you, if you're like, oh, it's an Australian podcast, I would encourage you to check it out because they are going to have some of the same problems. And they're going to offer a perspective that you may or may not have heard before, and they're going to do it with a great accent. So check it out.